Welcome to another brand new episode of the Story Bar podcast. This is your host Garima. I recently had the opportunity to connect with Jessica Kumar. She's the host of the Invisible India podcast. What's her story and what the podcast is all about is something we discuss in this conversation. We also talked about her own personal journey of making a major international move with its personal, cultural and professional implications. I request you all to check out the website invisibleindiapodcast.com to learn more about it. Before we begin, we all know what India is going through right now. The least we could do as storytellers is to inspire hope, light through people who are making a difference, especially during these testing times. We've started with a campaign called Rooting for You where we are inviting messages of love, hope and prayers for India. If you want to send in your prayers, do drop us your message at the storybar.foryou@gmail.com. We are featuring all these messages on our social media channels. You can find the links to our social media in the show notes as well. You can support us by following the podcast on Apple, Spotify or visit our website thestorybar.online. it truly makes a huge difference to us hope you learn and get inspired from jessica mam's story as much as i did thank you so much for joining me today jessica mam how are you doing i'm fine grima nice to come on the podcast i'm really looking forward to talking to you today क्या I came from uh you know I grew up in the US my dad's an international business person so I always had that uh, like bug inside mere andar kida tha ki chalo main bhi bahar jaau like I want to go out and into the world and see the world and I always thought that I would end up in Korea mm-hmm. I don't know why I just really enjoyed Korean culture I saw my dad going back and forth and really wanted to go but then somehow you know bhagwan ka kismat se mai india pahunch gaya i had got an internship and i um eventually uh was able to live in haridwar which is you know not a large city whatsoever and uh, i did a hindi learning course there mm-hmm. which was absolutely wonderful and foundational for me and then um after 4 years of working it was an it company 4 years of working in this it company i uh had decided you know uh ab umar ho raha hai thoda sa to mujhe thoda shaadi ke bare mein sochna hai i wanted to get married and i thought you know i'm not going to find anyone here in india right in this small town where i am it wasn't working out for me so i'm like you know i need to think about my career also am i going to continue am i going to continue to live in india for the long term or do i need to go back to the us so in back to the us and um and actually while i was still in india somebody had messaged me about this guy uh who was living in indiana which is in the central part of the us mm-hmm. and they said you know he's a good guy he's wanting to do some volunteer work his name's abhishek he's from bihar i thought oh okay that's cool connect us so he connected us 
I ended up getting to meet Abhishek when I went to the U.S. and it was like, immediately we just hit it off. Um, how did we not know each other before? Because they had so many mutual friends and all this. And I thought, you know, he's just awesome guy. And uh, he understood my culture of being in the U.S. and in the Midwest. He had actually come to the U.S. So I was, I had moved from Chicago to Haridwar mm -hmm. in 2006. Mm -hmm. He had moved from, he was in Pune at that time, Pune to Indiana, which is nearby Chicago, kind of. It's like in the same general area. Mm -hmm. In 2007. Okay. So, he was in my place, I was in his place for three, four years. And so he had been going through this enculturation process. I had been going through the opposite enculturation process. Mm -hmm. And so when we met, it was like, wow, what, we just had a lot of things in common. We got married in 2010 uh, and with the permission of our parents. And that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. I have other videos about that on, the, on my YouTube and podcast about like, shadi kaise hui or... And uh, I have all those stories on a different episode. When I came, uh, we, we lived in the U.S. for six years and we really felt like going back to India was always on the table for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, being from Bihar, Abhishek really wanted to get involved in some kind of NGO work. Mm -hmm. So we got that opportunity in 2016 mm -hmm. so we moved back here to Bihar mm -hmm. we had one child at that time now we have two children yeah. so what's up the second question you asked was podcast yes. Yes. with these experiences and now you know I've been in and out of India for almost 15 years and um People would ask me continuously about the same things. How, how did you learn Hindi? How was your experience? This, that. And I thought, you know, let me just record some of these things and put it online. Mm -hmm. uh, and Abhishek also had the idea. He goes, I want to interview interesting Indian people who are doing something amazing and, and get their stories out there. I said, let's do it. So we started the Invisible India podcast with the intention that not that India needs to be represented by me as a foreigner. Mm -hmm. There's so many amazing people telling their stories, but what are the unknown aspects? Some things which might not be seen by other people that might be invisible to other people, or they might not have an awareness about certain things. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to highlight some of those things. Some of the amazing people who are doing things behind the scenes, who are doing some kind of social work, who are, who are changing perceptions, stereotypes, that's why I wanted to uplift and then tell some of these stories. So this year, we started our podcast and it's been now two and a half years that we started the Invisible India podcast. Right, right. Beautiful, beautiful story, ma'am. And uh, that's such an interesting viewpoint that you shared about, uh, you know, calling it Invisible India because uh, somebody might have the impression that you're trying to represent India as per your perspective, but actually you are not. And that is striking, I would say. And as you said, you've been here for uh, 15 years now. India has been your home for over 15 years now. But did it always feel like home to you? Or, uh, you know, what were the points? What were those moments where you felt that, you know, I don't belong here. There is something, there is something that 
is making me uncomfortable and there might be certain instances uh, that might be making you uncomfortable even today if you could talk about those uh, challenges those uh, you know mm. roadblocks you know to be honest with you um i feel like india is my home but i don't ever feel like this is i will never feel like india is my native place Mm-hmm. and i know some people this is a very strange thing i've seen online with some influencers or whatever that they want to be like you know main indian ban gayi it's like you can never become indian as a foreigner have have some respect you know have some understanding of what actually it means to be indian the history the culture these things which you can never actually access as a foreigner you can be a guest mm mm-hmm. you can always be a, a respected guest you can live here for a long time but you will never like become indian so that's one thing that you know indian people in general are so invitational very invitational very hospitable and they will say oh tum indian ban gaye ho jessica ha ye ho but they don't actually mean that i can go around calling myself an indian yeah. that's very disrespectful they mean that you know oh you accommodated to the culture mm-hmm. and so I would feel like you know I I do feel like it's my home. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't feel like it's my native place and I'll never feel that way. Kabhi kabhi log sochte hain ki ye kal Chicago se aake yahan pahunch ke plane se nikli. People sometimes think that when they see my face they will never know that I've been here for a long time and all that. So sometimes you have to cut through that very quickly. Um and uh, of course one way is you know knowing the language fluently that helps but just having that sense of humility of you know we don't need to have the f- every time i talk to someone it doesn't have to be about ma'am aap kahan se ho aap kitne saal ho gaye yahan pe aap hindi bolte ho aap khana banati ho aap kya karti ho ye aap 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 it's like chalo hum aapke bare mein bhi baat kar sakte thoda sa so i just so it flips the conversation so log puchte hain aap kahan se ho i'm like oh ha main chicago se hu aur america mein hai aap kahan se ho ha main to yahan se india se nahi kahan oh main bihar se hu bihar mein kahan muzaffarpur acha to fir hum log baat kar sakte hain abhi muzaffarpur ke bare so we can have a conversation about where you are from what's your background and it kind of cuts through this like strange law, um foreign distance which sometimes is created when people see me as a foreigner so i i i i do have moments a lot of times when people treat me like i got off the plane yesterday and and you know i've had a lot of instances where of uh, different harassment and things like that i'm not going to pretend that doesn't happen it does but overall my experiences are mostly good people treat me with a lot of respect uh 95% of the time and um ultimately as a foreigner you know i'm a guest here So I think that's my ultimate feeling is I I I'm, I'm not entitled to anything. <laughs> um I am a guest and and people treat me very nicely and that's a that's a bonus. Definitely definitely and ma'am uh, since you shared uh, these experiences I want to understand because there are so many foreigners living in India they also go through uh, certain emotions right and they also everyone is not uh treated respectfully everyone is not treated kindly what is your message for the people who are uh, the indians basically what is your message mm. for indians who are looking at these uh, foreigners in a different way what what would you tell them at this point of time there is harassment on social media there is harassment in public 
you know, what would you tell them? Most of your listeners probably already understand this, that, uh, you know, people are people. And sometimes, you know, if I ever go uh, to the zoo here in Bihar, the Patna Zoo, if I ever go there, then sometimes people will be clicking photos of me like I'm an animal. Like the, yeah, it's like, I'm not, I feel almost the contrast of like, am I the animal that you're taking a photo of? Um, I think you're under, your listeners already understand this, that, you know, I'm a person, like I have emotions, I have feelings. I'm not some like, you know, poster child for American culture. I'm, I'm a person just living my life, trying to do my life here and with my family and my husband and you don't have to treat me like I'm some, you know, uh, exotic object. And um, one thing the last few days, which has been kind of troubling me is this like fascination with foreign women. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, at least once a week, I get a message from some, you know, well-meaning Indian, not all Indian men are like this. I know that, you know, I'm married to a class. Okay, not every man is like how, what I'm about to say. But some, sometimes people disturb ma'am how are you give me your number i want to talk to you i'm like married woman you know, i'm only, i'm approaching 40 years old and you're gonna ask me for my phone number yeah like do you think what do you want out of this conversation what do you want i mean i am like why are you asking me for my phone i'm like what is wrong with you i mean just because i'm a foreigner it's like this you know uh, this is wrong. Like, just leave, just leave it as it is. You know, if you want to learn something, if you want to have a conversation about something specific, that's fine. And um, we need to get over this as, uh, as uh, you know, this like fascination with foreign women. I, I don't know what it is. I, there's a lot of issues with maybe colorism and, and internalized colonialism and, and all this. It's there. But I'm like, what is, there is nothing wrong with Indian women that you need to be out, you know, trying to like snag a foreign girl. Right. There's nothing wrong. Like, I just don't get it. What is the problem? <laughs> no, no, I understand because uh, the thought process is something that, you know, we, we really can't change and we can only hope that uh, some better sense prevails. And, you know, moving on, since you have seen both sides of the world and it's like a blend of East and West that you have experienced in your life uh, so far from you if i have to ask that uh, what is it that you know indians can learn from the people in america and what is it that america can uh, learn from indians perhaps this question might have come across uh, quite a few times but mm -hmm. this is like an ongoing process isn't it we cannot say that these are five things that you know you can learn from the us these are five things you can learn from indians it is a process. It is a change in making. So how do you look at this? You know, it's a little tricky question because I think I spend a lot of time thinking about this, but I don't spend much time verbalizing because I, as a foreigner, don't feel like it's my role to say, oh, yeah, we need, I mean, India needs to learn this from my country. Mm -hmm. You know, Indians should learn about X, Y, Z, you know. That's not my role to say. Mm -hmm. um, I think people spend a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, you know, Muji American Jana hai, Muji job. 
karna hai wahan pe mujhe rehna hai wahan pe and people already know a lot of the good things about america yeah. that's something a lot of people think about all the time the yeah. processes the infrastructure all these things and uh you can't superimpose those things on a whole culture um so i don't necessarily want to say like oh indians need to learn this i mean i don't think that's helpful i think most indian people already know that a lot of the things that need to change here so i don't necessarily feel like i have anything to add to that um some of the things i can comment about things which people uh, westerners again very broad statement can learn from india mm-hmm. i think that uh again india is so many subcultures within within itself that it's impossible to say oh indians are like this only you know north south east west north east there's so many different cultures here right. but overall i would say that um just the absolute uh resilience of indian people you see um with this pandemic it's become very clear yeah. how resilient indian people are if this would kind of uh thing would have been happening in the US i mean people are like losing their mind mm-hmm. after one month in us ki are lockdown ho gaya you know there's we're in lockdown and you know i just have to order my stuff online and you know i i i have to wear a mask in the grocery store and people were like you know losing their mind you know i and here it's like log apne ghar mein sach mein lock kiya hua band the hum log we can go outside for 4 hours right now in in bihar yeah. we can literally not leave our house for like 20 hours of the day we are not allowed 4 hours you can go out you can get your groceries and come back bus people in america would be shoot i hate to sound say so bluntly but would be committing suicide mm-hmm. at this at this kind of thing this is not people cannot do this but like the resilience of indian people to deal with these kinds of hardships is absolutely just amazing <laughs> and I, i this is one of the things i see over and over is just like the patience the de- the ability to deal with like so much difficulty and suffering and um you know uh challenging circumstances mm-hmm. people can people have a very you know heartiness to them they're not going to give up they're not going to complain after one small thing Mm-hmm. and uh i think you know in the west sometimes we become too comfortable we become too soft we become too lazy and uh you know we 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 can complain about the stupidest things <laughs> and uh um that's probably my biggest learning coming to india is you know just dealing with the small things of life is not much to complain about right right so i i would say that's one thing that overall that uh westerners can learn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh second thing i'm going to add a second point is of course you know the stereotypical ha huh, family value is all that like it is really true that people are very committed to their their elders and uh will do a, a lot of sacrifices for their children's education things like that and i think we are a bit on the too far extreme in the west in america specifically i can say where um you know it's the expectation are not there to care as much for your family it's an individualistic kind of culture and um and it is true it is definitely true um sometimes here i think it's a little too much like 
but uh, it's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Right, right, right. And ma'am, since you've been in Bihar for so long, and I recently uh, watched a video on your page where you talk about the stereotypes associated with Bihar. And there's so much that Biharis are known for, which is not true. How would you uh, try and explain this? And is it fair? Is it fair to have a preconceived notion about a state and its people? Certainly it's not, but what is your take on this? I think honestly that only Biharis can undo the stereotypes. I think that Biharis in of themselves can undo these things because as you know, people like yourself who are doing creative things and speaking up, going to different, you know, you recently have lived, just came from Gurgaon, you know, you're living outside and people probably have said, oh, you don't seem like a Bihari or something. Yeah. These strange things. It's like, well, I am a Bihari. This is what a Bihari is. I'm representing a Bihari right now. And just kind of saying, you know, you don't have to like shirk back from that. I know when uh, my husband Abhishek first moved to Pune when he was in, uh, you know, his college days, he used to say, ha, I'm a UP or, you know, I'm North India. He wouldn't admit actually that he was from Bihar because he felt a sense of shame. And that's not needed. I think that it's, it's needed now to say, yeah, I'm from Bihar and, you know, you're going to judge me, then you, you're incorrect. Yeah. You have a problem. You have an incorrect misperception. Yeah. So uh, I think that in and of itself that, uh, you know, as much, again, yeah, media has a lot of bad stereotypes about what's happening in Bihar. For example, okay, let's give an example. On the news, you know, I think it was about, you know, one, la no, it was like eight lakh 800,000 vaccine vials arrived at the Patna airport. Mm -hmm. This was a few weeks back. Yeah. News bus, which was holding the vaccines, was having a battery problem. It wasn't starting. Yeah. Okay. The news just blew up that story. Right. Like more than, more, more than, oh, you know, vaccines have arrived. And they're just like fixated on that fact that oh van start nehora van start nehora who cares like okay the van didn't start you think that never happens in other places in india you think that never happens in other places of the world there's this flat tire there's a problem like happens all the time exactly. but why do you have to focus on that one negative point exactly. why so it's it's in in if it, it, we'd like to consume these bad news about bihar we like addicted to it so we have to stop consuming these kind of things and we need to stop perpetuating these kind of things if we want these stereotypes to end. That's, that's my, and I say we because, you know, I'm married to a Bihari, I live here and I'm invested into this, like, you know, my kids are Biharis. Like, I want them to be able to say, like, you know, what's wrong with being Bihari? Nothing. Look what I'm doing with my life. Absolutely. Shouldn't that you be proud of that? So. Definitely. Yeah. And <laughs> Even when I was in college, you know, uh, so many students from other states would say that they would be really surprised. Are you from Bihar? Like, and they would be uh, not ready to accept it. And I'm like, what is wrong? What is wrong with you? Yes, I am from Patna. I am from Bihar. And I am proud of it. I have always been proud of it. Mm -hmm. I don't see any point of, you know, not acknowledging your uh, roots, I would say. 
so that's a very very important message that you just um, highlighted and now uh, ma'am there are also certain mistakes that people make in breaking down the culture of not just a state but also an entire country we talked about uh, the the culture that you have seen here and the one that you have experienced in the us but there are foreigners there are people outside our country who make this mistake of you know breaking down a 10000 year old civilization into certain you know microscopic uh, molecules what is your uh, perspective on this because this is this is an important perspective coming from you this would be an important perspective coming from you since you are not an indian but you know what india looks like today yeah and and i'm bound to make mistakes also yes. you know nobody can represent what india is exactly it one in one in and of itself so um i think people shouldn't even try to do that Mm-hmm. and uh i i hope i don't come across that way in the podcast of like oh i'm trying to represent all of india i'm certainly not there's no way to do that it's impossible um so i think uh, you know we just have to say that from the get go is you know this is not everyone in india is like this but it's you know there are places that are like this there are places that are like that it's very very diverse um and people understand that uh and and there was just you know there's this wonderful um ted talk mm-hmm. it's called the um the danger of a single story so if any of your listeners want to listen to listen to that mm-hmm. later on the danger of a single story it's on ted talk and it talks about this woman from nigeria mm-hmm. and her uh growing up and when she moved to the us people the way they perceived her and the way that they had like oh so in your country africa she's like first of all africa's not a country mm-hmm. <laughs> you know these simple things which which people would misconceive about her she had to like fight that a lot so um just understanding that you know there there's so many we have to allow for complexities and diversities in the way that we see the world so um we have to maybe some people need to be reminded of that reality definitely definitely and how has it been for you adjusting in an indian uh, setup in an indian family mm-hmm. well you know at the first it was i felt like i was needing to fit in mm-hmm. i was needing to prove myself in a sense and needing to prove my I guess, you know, ability to adapt. Yeah. And you know, now I've known my in-laws for more than 12 years and it's like there's nothing to prove anymore. Um un logo ne mujhe swikar kiya jaise hu waise they just accepted me for who I am and they saw that I'm trying and in leaning into them and and trying to Uh, adapt to them and and honestly they adapted to me a lot the my ways of doing things my ways of parenting my ways of dealing with my kids you know they've accepted a lot of things the way that I do things and uh and and they're okay with that because they see I also adjust to them mm-hmm. and I'm very blessed I'm very blessed I'm very fortunate that uh I have great family here um and uh, you know of course it's a long process most of my podcast talks about those adjustment right processes and and what's happened over the years and how that works 
how that how that's settled you know across time um but all i can say is i'm very fortunate because people are mostly very accepting of me very uh kind uh i'm always interested to learn something new and people are always interested to teach something new have a conversation about something new and for that i'm very grateful beautiful and ma'am there's one uh, last thing that i want uh, to discuss with you that is uh, the ongoing the current situation you already talked about how everyone is doing their bit it's amazing the sense of solidarity that we are seeing in india uh, right now and the other side of the story is there's also a lot of misinformation floating around on social media how do we really you know uh, filter through that noise because we cannot control that the only thing as responsible citizens we can do is to be responsible for the information that we are putting out there on our social media pages so what would your message be for the younger generation specifically uh, who are consuming news who are consuming important information only through social media and not through relevant relevant platforms i think you just said it very well we have to be responsible we have to learn what the actual proper news sources are and i think this is a big problem in india and i don't know how we're going to resolve it i don't know um because there is this 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 understanding if you can't trust any media but then you can also trust if someone sends this to you that must be verified mm. someone that you trust sends it then you're going to understand you're going to consume it as truth and i think that's a very dangerous thing because um i mean we see a lot of issues with you know medical and misinformation and all this happening um i think like you said we have to be careful to see what we're putting out there and and we can say you know this is a myth that's a myth um and and i think it does come to saying you know one at a time we have to correct people we have to instruct people i try to do that gently as i can without coming across as uh haughty or proud um but it's just it's just very tricky and i don't have the answer yes yes i think we'll uh, we'll have to find it out for ourselves in the process and we'll have to be careful that's all we can do uh, for now yeah and uh, thank you so much ma'am for joining me today it's been such a joy talking to you and uh, thank you for sharing your experiences thank you for giving me an opportunity to know you because i've been following your content but i have always been wondering that one day i will meet her in bihar but yeah uh, since the situation is uh, terrible right now we can only connect through uh, zoom but it's been it's been a pleasure and to all our listeners i would um, i would request you to follow the invisible india podcast on all social media channels and i will make sure that i put down the uh, links to the podcast in the show notes as well thank you so much karima i'm also going to be sharing about you on my wall and on my uh, different platforms and um yeah i have i have a lot of different videos and things that i put up and i i'll continue, i'll put your thing out there as well because you know people need to follow more indian creators and people who are speaking up and that's one of the things that i that i want to include in my show is 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 elevating indian voices right. who are speaking up that's that's the point so thank you so much thank you ma'am